Star um, Wars waiting for us to fix. J.J. Abrams would have done it, but he's afraid he'd blow our minds. I have it. I have my intro. Do, do you want to get um get this going? <laughs> do you want to get that out of your system, mate? <laughs> Hello and welcome to the first episode of Paul's Pitch, the self-congratulating exercise that's the end result of two pooped pool boys postulating premium post-hoc picture pitches for each other. This week is um, the Rise of Skywalker because we've, I mean, we've mentioned it once or twice. Could have been better, and we went, well, why don't we just make it better for a price for a dollar a month? And um, we said that's a pretty bloody good idea. And You've, here we are. You'll spend three weeks later. much less on our versions of. Um, Rise of Skywalker than J.J. Abrams' version. You know, and it only costs us 10 million each to come up with it, so it really is a bargain. (laughs) Yeah, so for $1 a month, you are actually paying off that debt that I've now got with the bank. Paul refused to take out a loan. He said they won't trust us if both of us do it. And uh, you know me, listeners, money bags over here. I bloody went for it, didn't I? Call me Richie Rich, but don't. That's very offensive. I paid for it by getting an extraordinarily good job doing social media for Rise of Skywalker. (laughs) I said, you know what? I'm gonna give this guy anything he wants. He's really pulled it out. The pulled it out this time. Pulled pulled what out? Funding. The will. He's fielded some very difficult questions. One of those questions is, how could we possibly improve on the rise of Skywalker? Mm. What we're gonna do? This is the episode is gonna be. Uh, I don't know if it's gonna be this way every time, but Paul's gonna go first. Uh-huh. He's he's got a pretty good idea of how to improve the rise of Skywalker, mm. and um, I'm gonna say some funny things in between, so it's not just one person saying something all the time, <laughs> and then we're gonna reverse that. And then it's going to finish. And then we're just going to keep doing these episodes until we get hired to do yeah. this professionally. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, it's very important to note that but in both of our cases, the funny things will be in no way related to the film that the other one is pitching. They're just going to be funny observations yeah. and little clips and even just great noises that come to mind. Yeah. Um, Much it, like in our dealings it. with regular people <laughs> in the real world. And that's why I don't think my marriage is really going to be tenable um, going forward. I just... Uh, whoa! <laughs> Yeah, I know, mate. Why does it always rain on the weekends? Yeah. Oh, dogs are crazy. <laughs> but they're loving, so... Very loyal. Great story. <laughs> so maybe you should get a dog. <laughs> you see, I was listening. <laughs> well, without further ado... Adieu. Well, go on, then. Go and fix bloody Rise of Skywalker, you twat. All right. Part one. It's Good. called Star Wars The New Order. Hmm. Yeah, it took a long time to settle on that name, but... Fine. I'll, I'll, you know what? If you Google New Order, it's all about Wolfenstein. So oh, they're the people. Right, they're the people we're gonna have to take down. <laughs> um, sticking with New Order, I, I really spent a lot of time trying to think of. Um, I wanted it to fit the format of the other sequels, mm. but um, ultimately, I've just realised that if I break down every decision I've made like this, then um, we're gonna be here for a long fucking time. <laughs> so I just think Poe should be shot from the left. <laughs> <laughs> so we're keeping the broader strokes of Rise of Skywalker for this one, but I've taken out the MacGuffin mm. Hunt, Lando, the Evil Fleet, and most of Palpatine. Um, three cool. quarters of Palpatine. But I've tried mm. to make it all about Rey, but... and about her trying yeah. to figure out who she is in all this, uh, which is what it mm. feels like the three movies have been about, or the first two, rather. Um, yeah. Also, I'm going to use Leia more, because shut up, this is all fantasy, I can do whatever I like, regardless of who, who is or is not dead. Great. Also, I'm not good at Star Wars names, so I haven't named anything new, so I'll just refer to things as the Jungle Planet when I need to. Sweet. I will say that because this is just a sort of brief overview, there are obviously a lot of character moments that will have happened that we won't get into, because we don't have time to get into all of them, so just imagine yeah. that if something crazy happens, it was all very well fleshed out and uh, hinted at throughout. Mm-hmm. 
Yep, same here. Okay, text crawl. Defeat is near. Supreme Leader Kylo Ren mm. leads the First Order against the last surviving Resistance heroes. But a spy has emerged, and is keeping our heroes one step ahead of their foes. Rey continues her training in the Force as her friends seek new allies. Everyone is searching for one last hope. Pan away from that. Track to empty space as a dark shape moves in front of the stars, eventually emerging into the light, briefly illuminating a sinister-looking ship before it disappears back into the darkness of space. We cut to a First Order pilot who looks nervous. Approaching target, he says, and behind him we see a dark shape hunkered down in the darkness. They draw upon their target, a space station. Cut to the Millennium Falcon with Poe, Finn, and Chewie, and we can have the chess scene. It's kind of cute, introduces them well. We can keep it. I like and the chess scene. The yeah, chess scene's like the great. Chess scene's great. And also they have a porg who sleeps in a basket like a ship cat. Aww. They step to attention. What's his name? <laughs> oh, shit! Glaxo Melasco. Nice. That's pretty good. Glasgow, specifically. Glasgow, Melasco. <laughs> and they step to attention as they approach their destination. The same space station. Oh, snap. Uh, ah. They don't receive any data, which is what they usually do. They just pull in close and receive it. But they receive a hailing frequency. They must have something physical to deliver this time. So they're ready to board. The hatch opens, uh, and a frantic rebel throws down a small data disc. Go! It's a... But he gets cut off. Because he's being force choked and, ris- and lifted off of his feet, they close the hatch and detach clumsily and try to evade, but they are hit by a blaster from the hidden ship. Um, I've sealed off the damaged area, one of them says. Which area is it? Don't worry about it. Cut to that chessboard being sucked into fucking space. <laughs> we establish that the Porg is fine, much to Chewie's annoyance. <laughs> oh, those two. The Falcon is pursued by two interceptors, and they do use the lightspeed jump thing, but maybe just once to get to a nearby planet, which they then use to mm. ultimately defeat both of the pursuing ships and then blast off. Uh, back on the station, amongst the chaos and bodies of fallen men, a hooded Kylo Ren emerges from the shadows, wearing a new mask that covers only the lower half of his face. His eyes and his scar are still mm. exposed, and he approaches the last remaining rebel. He has questions. Cut to Rey, who's scavenging again, in a rainforest world, just to make it a bit different, and she finds mm. and enters a cave, descending into the earth. Eventually, she finds what she's looking for, a white crystal. Overlaid, we hear her saying, be with me. And we cut to her meditating in a clearing, trying to reach the spirits of the fallen Jedi before her. Uh, she fails. Uh, she gets out Luke's repaired lightsaber, repaired from the last film, and cautiously turns it on. Mm-hmm. But now it cracks and flickers, um, very much like Kylo Ren's does. Uh, she tries to perfect throwing and controlling the lightsaber whilst it's out of her hands, and in doing so, accidentally fells a tree that damages BB-8. We can keep that bit. Beneath, yeah, cool. a, beneath a jungle canopy, Rey enters the me- now very meagre rebel base. Rey enters camp and finds Leia, and she complains that her training just can't go any further. She can't reach the spirits of the past Jedi, and she can't find any more techniques in the Jedi texts, which are taking ages to transcribe. Uh, C-3PO, who's doing the transcribing, interjects and hopes that it never ends because it's so much fun. Rey wonders why the dark side has all of these more effective powers. She admires Luke's tricks, uh, but she has read of the Sith doing things like shooting lightning and summoning fire from nothing. Mm. Leia argues that that sort of thing isn't what she'd call effective or useful, but she wonders where she could learn something that would turn the tide of the war, which is what she feels like she should be able to do. Uh, yeah, Leia, right. Leia tells her that the light side was always about defending the innocent and not about punishing the corrupt. Um, mm-hmm. Ray points out that they do all carry lightsabers, but Leia says that they aren't only weapons, but Ray doesn't really get what that means. Leia points mm. out that they, um, what the people in the galaxy really need is a leader, Ray says that they have Leia, but Leia's not Luke. But Leia says that she's not Luke. 
She can't represent what he could, or what she could. But the Falcon arrives back at base, and we get the interaction where Rey is upset about the state of the Falcon, whilst Poe is upset about the state of BB-8. That's good, it shows their characters and their priorities. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Finn goes to find Rose! Rose is in the movie! Um, giving her. Don't worry, she's now replaced by a hot blonde. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah, Paris Hilton. (laughs) He gives Paris Hilton the retrieved data disc. (laughs) And later, Rose addresses the command of the Resistance... Um, reading the communication from the spy. Spy says that they are safe for now, but that Ren is singularly focused on finding the Resistance, um, and there is an enormous pressure on him to find and kill Luke Skywalker. The the Resistance then realise that nobody knows that Luke is gone. Poe asks if Mm. we're sure that he has gone, but Leia promises him that Luke has now gone very much beyond their reach. She can feel that. Poe reasons Mm. that if Ren is so focused on them, he'll be easy to distract, giving them an opportunity to take some risks. Rose has a plan. She knows about a very well-respected spiritual leader who is constantly in trouble with the First Order, who only tolerate him because of the, because of the respect he commands across the galaxy. Um, if they could just talk to him, they might be able to get his support and gain a powerful ally. Leia knows the man and says that he's a very public figure who often attends festivals and such. 3PO knows of one such approaching festival on a tropical planet they can reach. I know a tropical planet was used in uh, Rogue One, but we're running out of mm. landscapes here. Yeah. Uh, so, so I like the idea of this being like Space Coachella. So <laughs> Leia confirms. As opposed he... to Burning Man. <laughs> That's what we're going for. So Leia confirms that he will be there, but they need to be. He will, will be under the careful watch of the First Order. They decide to go anyway, and another team is charged with making it look as if uh, they've gone elsewhere. The team's led by, let's say, Dominic Monaghan. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Who, who cares? Leia and Poe. That works really well in The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. It so, can be him. Yeah. Sticking he, with the strong things. He's, he's got a mission. He's going to go distract the First Order by making it seem like, I don't know, they're in the Millennium Falcon. They, they take he's going to wave his bar around. <laughs> That's Poe. Get him. <laughs> Leia and Poe. Recognize that hot ass anywhere. <laughs> God damn. So, <laughs> says Leia. Leia and Poe. With Poe <laughs> doubtful about um, the galaxy um, helping out after Crate. Um, is reassured by Leia, who says that there is still hope. Leia and Rey talk one last time, and Leia says that all this rebel stuff reminds her of Luke and of Han. Mm. On Supreme Leader Ren's ship, Ren approaches a council, uh, which does include Hux and General Pride, the Richard E. Grant character. But I figure he doesn't tell his closest aides that there's a spy, because it does make it harder to find a spy once everybody knows you're after him. So he keeps that to himself. Yeah. The council asks about his progress in finding Luke Skywalker, as the whole galaxy has been talking about his very public defiance on Crate, which a lot of people saw. Uh, Ren tells him that Skywalker is gone, but they ask about his body. They want they want evidence. Ren says that he will find it, and Ray. The council didn't push their luck too much further, uh, but there are clear signs of discontent amongst them. Ren strides away from the meeting, with Hux following close behind. Hux dares to ask how Ren plans to find the Resistance. Ren replies that he summoned reinforcements. Cut to a sinister-looking ship boarding with Ren's. It contains the Knights of Ren. And we have a scene of him mm. meeting them privately. And actually, they get some dialogue. Um, and he's going to reveal to now, them... Now, wait. <laughs> you jumped the shark. Co- come on. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go fleshing these out. It'll only raise expectations. It'll only make you sad when they die. <laughs> he reveals to them that there is a spy. Um, and there's kind of a snide line of derision from the leader. The leader of the Knights of Ren, he takes his chances with Kylo, because Kylo might be their leader, but these are probably the only people in the universe who are as powerful in the dark side as he is. Mm. So, And I guess he's not the original Ren, is he? So he's... Because <laughs> all... it, it's the Sith Lord Ren that, ah. that set them up, right? Yeah. Ah, you've been reading some expanded universe stuff. 
<laughs> I had to to write my Skywalker fix. <laughs> I did not. As follows. <laughs> well, I found out that Bespin is a gas giant. That's literally as far as my research went, uh, which will come good. into play shortly. The allies, that is Ray, Finn, Poe, Chewie, Rose, C-3PO, and BB-8, seven characters, mm-hmm. according to Stephen E. D'Souza's laws of screenwriting, no more than seven at any one time. Uh, mm-hmm. They land on the tropical planet. Oh, yes, Rose is there, goddammit. Uh, they land on the <laughs> tropical planet, and we have a similar reveal of the massive crowd, but with an obvious First Order presence in the crowd, including a Star Destroyer menacingly lurking above. Yeah. They wander about the crowd and see some universe-expanding stuff, including some food. No one ever eats in these movies, but there's food there. Just blue milk. <laughs> there is blue milk, but there's also, like, I don't know, space paella. <laughs> Fuck it, you know, just something. We get the Ray No One scene again with the little girl asking who she, what her surname is, and she, you know, can't answer because I like that. Uh, but this time yeah. we get to see Finn reacting to it as well. Later Ooh. that night, after um, night has fallen, <laughs> later that night after night, <laughs> right? <laughs> I yeah. didn't write that. That was just me fucking up reading it. So it's not as embarrassing. Because you read it and you're like, I can expand on this as I go and yeah. color it in, and then realize, yeah. hang on, that sentence already had all the bits it needed. <laughs> it was already the perfect sentence. <laughs> Take that, Proust. <laughs> Later, after night had fallen, has fallen, whatever, Rose and BB-8 managed to lay eyes on their target. He's in a very well-guarded tent. Um, he's also a black guy. We need more black guys in this. Especially since I've yeah. killed Lando off-screen. And that rules out Josh Trank. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. We can paint him black. It's fine. <laughs> Returning to the others, she says that they had better bed down and try again in the morning when he's going to be mingling in with the crowd. So we get a night in the, the Coachella. Ray has a moment with Finn where he observes that he's also a no one, um, that his own people are gone or lost, and he tells her that they could make their own people. And Ray's cheered. Not like that. <laughs> like this is a whole sentence and a whole thought and a whole scene. Ren stands over the dead bodies of the of the distraction team. He found them <laughs> and killed them already. Is the point. So Dominic yeah, yeah, Monaghan's cool. dead. Uh, later, Ray is ushered into a tent by Maz Kanado, who's obviously at the festival. It's the kind of place she'd go. Yeah. Uh, they talk about they talk a little about Luke and his lightsaber, and Maz reveals that she got the lightsaber from Bespin. Um, at the very bottom of the city are these laboring classes who scrounge for food and parts that get dropped by the city above. And one day, mm. whilst there, she found two kids using the saber as a fire lighter, um, and they couldn't understand mm. why she paid them a fortune for it, but she told them that they would one day. Ray Ray asks how she might become more powerful. Maz tells her that she doesn't need to be more powerful. Who she is is her real power. But Ray says that she's no one. Precisely, Maz says. Ray from nowhere. It's powerful. It's important. Yeah. Ray doesn't like the idea that the universe depends on who she is and not what she can do. Because she's come to terms with her. (laughs) She's become really familiar with her powers and what they can achieve, but she doesn't believe that she's anyone. So she only wants to be a conduit for her powers, really. Yeah. Um, later she talks to Rose who asks her why she didn't take up Ren's offer of leadership to take over the First Order Ray says that she doesn't want to be Supreme Leader or Ray from nowhere, she'd like to be like Rose just a resistance fighter doing exactly everything that she can who knows that the cause is right and worth fighting for without having to lead it or define it and Rose replies mm. that it would be a lot harder to fight for the cause without re- leaders like Poe or Leia or her because she is already leading them in her way. We cut to Ren and reveal that he is having terrifying visions of Luke. And this is something I've taken from Trevorrow's um, concepts. Because yes, and he had concept art of Luke holding Ren's lightsaber with his bare hands, his face kind of full of judgment and terror. I like the idea that that's happening. So that'll happen a few times. It's just Luke is appearing to Ren and sort of fierce judgment as a sort yeah. of manifestation of his guilt. Just yeah, as great. 
Just as dawn is breaking, and the plan is about to start, Ray is pulled into a shared vision with Ren. He's managed to reforge that connection between them. Ren says that Snoke probably just used their power to make it happen. He had limited strength himself, but could manipulate that of others. Uh, Ray insists mm. that she has the power to shut him away. Before, she, uh, before he does, she does so, Ren says that thing again about how he's going to offer his hand, and this time she's going to take it, and then he does snatch that necklace thing and use it to figure out where they are, because I like the idea of the connection getting more intense like that. Yeah, cool. Ray tells the others they have to hurry now, and after some difficulty, perhaps involving BB-8 in disguise, it's another bit from Trevor's script that was quite cool, they manage to get mm. alone with their leader in an exposed but semi-secluded spot. Uh, Rose makes it. Rose makes their case to the leader, she's like the diplomat of the group, uh, the leader asks them why they think the festival is happening. Why he is allowed to go on living in spite of everything he stands for. It's because if the First Order gives the impression that they are allowing it to happen, it disguises how they are afraid of stopping it. The First Order can't control the beliefs of its people. It's the only thing they can't control. But the people mm. will not die for nothing. No one can fight when there's no hope, and the Resistance is offering a dream, not hope. Vote Corbin. Then, a gleam in the, a gleam in the leader's eye, and he asks... Is it true that Luke Skywalker returned and stood against the entire First Order and held them off with just his lightsaber? And Rose says that it is true. They were all there. They all saw it. And the leader looks delighted. He turns to Rey. And you're the girl, the apprentice. She looks unsure about this and the attention she's getting. So Poe interjects, seeing this, and tries to lock him down into supporting them. But before they get much further, Rey notices something and ignites her saber and slashes towards the leader. Her, his guards react and go to pull the leader away, but as one steps in front of him, he is blown backwards by two blaster bolts in very quick succession. It's revealed that Ray's lightsaber is actually being held in midair by the weapon of an assailant who had cloaked with the background. It's the Knights of mm. Ren attacking the meeting, and the heroes are almost away when Ray notices that the leader is about to perish in an ensuing fire. She risks her life to save him, and during the escape, a lot of people see her and her friends standing up to the First Order. Uh, but they notice her especially... Because she has a lightsaber. During the fight to get away from the knights, we get an idea of the individual powers that the right the knights have, and also see them like do cool stuff and actual things. Now, <laughs> I'm gonna objection two is how this works. I'm sure <laughs> developing the knights of Ren. It's the same as objection one. Grossly offensive. <laughs> The only ones that I'm going to focus on for the plot is that the leader is the one with the big sword. There's a sniper, as identified in the production notes, and the rogue mm. guy who can do ghost stuff. So there are six in total. Cool. The other three, eh. uh, they get away. Racists. On a, they get away. <laughs> one of them's a total racist. Uh, real bad power. guys. One of them's a sexist. It's just awful. One of them. Their combined power is ignorance. Don't call me. And the the thing is that they're so ignorant of people different from themselves that they can't see any of them, and that's how they get the better of them. <laughs> <laughs> Our heroes get away on a leisure cruiser that they use to outmaneuver the First Order in the sort of trees and such. It's a tropical island, so there's trees. Hmm. Uh, Finn does try to tell Ray something later on, but it's not a deathbed confession, and it's interrupted uh, when the wounded beast shows up. That's what interrupts the uh, confession there, um, whom Ray does instinctively heal. They double back to mm. the Falcon, but before boarding, Ray spots Ren's ship, knows that it's going to blow them out of space if they try and take off, and so she tells the others to go while she distracts it. And basically we get the encounter with Ren's ship, as it happens in the film and the trailer, because I do quite like it. I know we differed on this. Mm. But Chewie still gets captured, and as a transport ship takes Chewie away, Ray tries to stop it, Ren interferes, it doesn't blow up, but instead she accidentally breaks the engine, causing mm. the ship to crash land. Ren retreats, they recover a very injured Chewie from the wreckage, the only survivor of the crash. The only reason mm. I've kept Chewie alive is because I figure 
Ray's guilt can't be like story ending at this stage. And if Chewie dies because of her, yeah. that's like a whole other direction she's got to go in. And I need her to carry on a bit here. Maybe that's a sure. cop out, but for now, Chewie's injured. Well, you can justify it. I think so. They take off and reconnoiter with a resistance ship and they give over Chewie, who is basically retired from action now. He's going to be, yeah. he's going to have to find strength in a different way now. Um, shit, mm. I was going to do something with that. I was going to have it come up in a speech with Ran later. But his physical he's power... He's got a whole rear window thing going on. <laughs> his physical power is gone, and he's going to have to find a new standard of strength, and that plays into what Ray's whole conflict is about. Before he goes, he gives Finn his bowcaster. Ray can't even be there to see Chewie off. She's devastated about what she did and how careless she was. She only wants to study her books and learn to control her power uh, and become more useful to the team. She can't be the loose cannon on the team, and she doesn't want to shut herself away like Luke did. She knows she might be capable of ending the First Order and saving her friends, but she has to figure out how and first. Mm. Then 3PO finds something interesting. Something about a power that was stolen by the Sith from the Jedi. Something called mm. the Voice of the Force. Rey believes that this might be the thing she was meant to find. Uh, this can be how she contributes to her cause. The only clue is a picture of a frightening-looking monument and some Sith writing. Uh, 3PO can read it, but again, only if his memory is wiped. So we're going to keep that. Ray cool. tells the remaining heroes about her plan to find the lost power by tracking down the location of the very last Sith that was recorded to have existed. But she also needs help uh, with someone to do this uh, 3PO brain thing. So, the team splits. This is how we're going to get them better developed. Poe, Rose, and 3PO are going to cool. go to the planet Kajimi, that's what that's called, to yep. do the 3PO brain thing. Whilst Ray, BB-8, and Finn, um, whom mm. she reluctantly agrees to take with her, are going to go to Endor, or one of the, the, the moon of Endor that is in the movie and the ruined wreckage of the second Death Star. Okay. I'd like Poe and Finn to have a conversation about leadership, which will simultaneously serve to sort of remind us of where they both are at that moment and also sort of help to strengthen their relationship. They drop Ray and Finn off on the way. They don't have their own ship. They're going to le- drop them there. And there's some mm. sad partings, especially between Poe and Finn. Um, Ray asks. What about Finn and Rose? Ooh, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, that happens. Ray asks 3PO what their odds of success are, and 3PO replies that he's just sure they'll succeed. Hmm. Now, we get some beats that are similar to Rise of Skywalker. Ray and Finn are going to meet Janna and her band of rebel stormtroopers, whilst Poe and Rose are going to meet Zori Bliss and her band hmm. of resistance. Now, this time, I want the heroes to spend some time in these locations. I'm imagining this as being like Act 2. The Kajimi team are going to go get to know the local resistance. We're going to have the that's how they win speech from Zori. Yep. And also bond with 3PO. They're not going to just treat him as the butt monkey and then try and have an emotional thing with him he does once yes. again consent to having his memory wiped he admits that he's afraid but rose assures him that when he wakes up he's going to be around friends and we don't have a gag at the point when he's reset you don't have babu frick going <laughs> they reset him and he's able to read the text but also because they've had to boot him without the limitations he had before maybe he's a bit more reckless now but he's mostly unchanged mm. there can just be some christen s comedy with a slightly more record uh, reckless 3po nice now, during this, and the main action that they want on this planet is that the gang get involved in a raid on the local communications array, which they learn is able to access the entire First Order broadcast system. And I see it as like one of those medieval fortresses that were heavily adapted for the Second World War, uh, with like sandbags and machine gun nests. Mm. Um, and it would be that, but with blasters and kind of, you know, sci-fi stuff. Um, and Poe and Rose would lead a sort of daring raid, and Rose would broadcast a message of hope to the galaxy explaining who Ray is. Uh, the Knights of Ren would then arrive and force them to flee, but remain in the city because the First Order has superior air power, so they have to lay low. Yeah. 
Okay. Sometime after that, they're going to notice a lack of Imperial troops and everything getting eerily quiet. Um, they think they can make their escape, but Poe knows what this means. He and the others try to encourage as many people as they can to flee the city. They load up the Falcon with people, so much so that Poe can only cling onto the leg of the landing gear. And I had this idea of a shot of like a fixed camera above that as the Millennium Falcon takes mm. off and like the ground. You wanted to do a Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, kind of. And they take off. Do a cruise. <laughs> do a cruise now. Uh, they take off <laughs> just outside the city. They land, set down, everyone gets off, and they're about to go back and get more, when suddenly, looking back to the city, it disappears, and is replaced by light and by smoke. And a shockwave knocks our heroes back. Cut to black, and suddenly, like, an old Star Wars-style graphic starts blinking, um, indicating that impact has been successful, and we cut back to space, where a special Star Destroyer mounted with this huge cannon that constitutes the, like, the center of the triangle... So it's like yeah, a tr- right. it's like a cannon that's had a Death Star uh, a Star Destroyer built around it, um, mm. has just fired on the city, killing some of the characters we've gotten to know, including Zori Bliss and that guy you mentioned, <laughs> <laughs> the little dude. Oh yeah, yeah, they're both dead. Fuck. Um, Hux has just ordered Damn. a strike in retaliation for the raid. They didn't realize that he had that technology, nor that he would be so ruthless. Meanwhile, mm. Ray is frustrated that the storm is preventing her and the others from reaching the wreckage of the second Death Star. Uh, she continues to train whilst Poe, Poe, po, nope, whilst Finn bonds with the Stormtrooper rebels and learns to ride that horse thing. I want to get that. Yeah, cool. He learns to ride it. Ray has a connection with... Patting, this, patting its flank and going, whoa, okay, boy. <laughs> like that. Yeah, exactly. I want some horse whisperer stuff. To learn for the first time what it means to actually be free since leaving yeah. the First Order. Oh, it's a liberating exercise, yeah. riding a horse for the first time, I would imagine. Naked, bareback. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it happens in my movie. <laughs> As John Boyega. Yeah. <laughs> Naked on a horse. So, um, I want a conversation where Finn and Ray talk about the events of Return of the Jedi. When they, whilst they're waiting for the storm to die down so they can get to second Death Star, maybe they have a talk about heroes and whether or not it was easier to be a hero back then than it is for them. You know, mm. just something to put the franchise in a bit of context where they can maybe talk about the Battle of Endor and have a bit of resonance there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, sorry. They, Ray has a connection with Ren and they talk about Chewie, whom Ren remembers, but not fondly because his dad always went off with him. And there's talk there mm. about what do you think he's capable of now? That kind of thing. And he tells yeah. her that the power she seeks is with him and that if she just abandons her pride, she can help him to forge a new future for the galaxy. She rejects him again and decides to set out on her own in frustration, figuring he's probably figured out where they are again and they don't have much time. Yeah. But she doesn't want to put one of her teammates at risk again by taking Finn. This highlights her frustration that she can't control her own powers enough to block him out of her head. After much struggle, and maybe even one instance of Finn yelling Ray, um, she makes it to the second Death Star and has a bit of a scavenger journey up to the throne room. I want to see her travel through the de- second Death Star. It's an iconic location. Yeah. And it's all ruined yeah. and bent over now, so maybe she has to go like horizontally through an elevator shaft or something. But I mean, it's, it's tasteful nostalgia there. Yeah, and it's creepy as well, and there's going to be some implication that something is watching her travel through this thing. Mm. Finally, she finds the throne room and finds some kind of data disk. As she examines it, a door silently slides open beside her. She notices, enters, and Dark Ray is in there with that weird lightsaber thing she's got. Oh, yeah. Dark Ray chases her through various visions of her past and potential future. We see Dark Ray at the head of a powerful army with figures like Hux in bondage. And finally, we revisit the moment of her parents abandoning her. And as Jenny Nicholson suggested, we see what she had forced herself to forget, which is that her parents, whilst fleeing, 
she had accidentally caused their ship to crash, killing them. Mm. With this, wow. she escapes her vision. Uh, back into the front. It's dark. Room. It is dark. It's very upsetting. But it, it, it gives a link between her and Ren as well. Ren is, yeah. Ren is there now, in person. And he says that um, she succeeded where he could not. She killed her past, both of her parents. And now she's free. He was a Skywalker, an Organa, and a Solo. A legacy of failure and pain. And he asks her to help him to free himself. Tell him where Leia and Luke's body are, and they will rule the galaxy anew. Not as the First Order or the Resistance. A new order that can bring peace to the galaxy. Mm. Ray resists him. Peace to the galaxy. Peace to the galaxy. Oh, also, <laughs> he got his throat fucked up earlier, and now he talks like that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> People like to know how things become <laughs> the way they are. He's still wearing like that crazy face thing. Uh, Ray resists it's him good. and draws her lightsaber, and they fight. And mm. she knows that if she can just kill him, then the First Order will be finished, and her friends will no longer have to live in fear. She won't have to f- grapple with who she is or anything else like that. She can just end this fight. The fight spills over and out to the rainy ramparts that we saw in the movie. Uh, she's able to mm. use the thrown lightsaber trick to distract him and then like so- force controls a bit of debris to break his mask. So mm. he takes his mask off. Um, in a break from the fighting, he- she insists that she killed her parents trying to hold on to them. She was just a child mm. and she was afraid. He keeps pushing everyone away because he's just as afraid. And he's still a child. And so they resume fighting, and he's the one now fighting desperately. Back at the Resistance base, we see Leia in distress. She closes her eyes and concentrates. I just broke my fidget spinner. <laughs> Shit. Stop it. You should be concentrating 250% on this, pool <laughs> on Star Wars. No. Look, J.J. Abrams directed this movie entirely from a fidget spinner. <laughs> Riding a giant fidget spinner. <laughs> Shouting directions at people as he came back around. Yeah, he wasn't even in the. He wasn't even in the middle. He was on one of the spokes. <laughs> <laughs> I want more intensity. You argue yeah, yeah, with, with intensity. <laughs> look, 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 JJ. I, I don't really think. Fuck. <laughs> Such an effective directing style. <laughs> Disney love it. <laughs> They're implementing it across the MCU. <laughs> In a moment of exhaustion, we see Ray realizes something. Something has been communicated to her. She stands tall, saber in hand, and she whispers to herself, just a shadow. Ren goes to strike her, and when suddenly she turns off her lightsaber. He's startled. He has struck down unarmed opponents before, but this is only the second time in his life that an opponent has appeared before him choosing to go unarmed, and he still remembers the pain of the last time. He understands that she's not trusting him to not kill her. She knows that he could, he wants to and that he could. There's something else that she's doing. He turns off his lightsaber, unsure of what to do next. And at that moment, Ray notices something, flicks her lightsaber back, back on and swipes, deflecting a single blaster bolt. Mm. Ren turns and, and raises his lightsaber as well, but it goes flying out of his hands along the rampart. He dropped it. Ray looks around and sees that Finn and the rebel troops are firing on a position igniting it in flame. A ship takes off in the distance. Ray looks back to Ren, who has fallen directly onto the deck. She only blocked one blast, bl- uh, blaster bolt. Blaster bloof. Mm. She only blocked one of them. And the other struck him in the chest, and he's quite dead. She hesitates, and then decides to heal him. Leaving mm. him unconscious on the ramparts, she takes his ship and sets off on her own. 
Huxley watches a hologram of Ren's death and declares his victory. He uses the footage to prove that Ren colluded with the resistance forces, that he was too weak to kill Rey, and that it was his troops that managed to finally bring the traitor down. Mm. He assumes command of the First Order, revealing himself to the audience to have been the spy all along and to have conspired Mm -hmm. with the Knights of Ren. He names the heavy of the Knights of Ren the new Kylo Ren, which I believe is like ruler of the Knights of Ren. Yeah. So there's a new Kylo Ren, and it's the leader guy. The allies managed to kill the sniper in their counterfire, so there are only two knights, uh, five knights left. Five knights of Freddy's. That's all you got. <laughs> On the ship, Ray examines the data disc and finds directions to the Emperor's home. She goes through her belongings and she fishes out that white crystal that we saw at the beginning. She grabs her mm. staff, which she has had this whole time. <laughs> um, Ren awakens and picks up his lightsaber. He looks at it for a moment and then says. You know, only masters of the Force should be able to do that. Behind him, you hear, you see Leia, who says, I'm not the one who's doing it. If I could do this, I would never have stopped trying to reach you. He says, I can't go back. Not the way you came, but there are other paths that lead home. I know what I... And then we have the lines, because I do quite like them. I know what I must do, but I don't think I have the strength to do it. Yeah, definitely. And she says, I know. And then he throws the lightsaber into the sea... And in a long shot, he's revealed to be standing alone again. Once again, Ben Solo. Yeah, it's a good callback. Yeah. Not using Han, um, <laughs> Han Solo this time. Yeah, let's use Leia instead, because fuck it. Ma- yeah. Magic. <laughs> Finn and Janna. Magic cinema. <laughs> Finn and Janna see the Falcon land and approach. They all share their woeful stories and ask what they can do next. 3PO has deciphered the writing on the page, uh, and it means place where the dead can gather. They know that Hux will seek to secure his leadership by doing what Ren couldn't and by killing Rey. They also know that they won't have trouble tracking Ren's ship now that she's in it. They have no idea how to find her. At um, which point, kind of comedically, you just hear uh, Ben Solo off screen to say, uh, excuse me, and they all turn to draw weapons and try to shoot him, and he has to use increasingly heavy powers to disarm them and prevent them from just <laughs> killing him outright, which ends with him like yeah, force right. suspending all of them. Um, he gradually is able to explain that Hux will bring the entire fleet to the Emperor's home planet, but that he can defeat the Knights of Ren and help Rey. Poe asks why they should trust him, and why he wants to help them. Ren explains that he doesn't quite know why, he doesn't know what to do now, he just knows that he can't go on as he has been, and that the only thing that makes sense to him is to protect and help the person who's believed in him. Obviously that resonates with Finn, because he was in the exact same situation two movies ago, and so he says that he vouches for him. Poe reluctantly accepts this, on Finn's word, and they all take off together. Uh, Rose also then puts out a call to the Alliance and anyone who may be listening to come and face the First Order one last time. Final act. <laughs> Actually comes up and says it's that. It's the final act. <laughs> Conclusion. Um, the cats come on screen. <laughs> Dance away into the third act. Kyla Ren's a tricky cat. So, <laughs> Jellical. <laughs> Ray lands on the Dark Planet, which, like Rise of the Skywalker, is very obsidian, Jellical. sort of black landscape. It's a Jellical landscape. Illuminated by lightning strikes. Jedical, you fuck. Um, What a twat. (laughs) I fucking hate you so much. Let's carry (laughs) on this podcast. So, yeah, illuminated by lightning strikes, but no rain. So, Mm. it's a cool aesthetic. Black and lightning. She enters this foreboding structure and finds the dark monolith from the sketch. She's confronted Mm. by the Emperor, who is a ghost, not a weird robot man, whatever that was. Crane boy. (laughs) Yeah, Crane Boy, and he's a much sadder figure. He reveals that he underestimated the Skywalkers and that he failed to bring order to the galaxy. But he promises to reveal the secrets of the Sith to her in the hopes that 
yeah, his um his power can live on. Above the temple, mm. the First Order Star Destroyers begin to appear. Hux orders the Knights of Ren to bring back Rey for interrogation. He doesn't want her to be completely lost in an explosion because he's seen how a sort of ghost has thwarted a rule before. Uh, mm. The Falcon arrives and drops off Ben. Ben has insisted that he must go alone and that the heroes will be needed to fight the First Order and draw the fire. He asks for a weapon and Finn gives him his blaster. Uh, Ray demands that the Emperor reveal the power stolen from the Jedi. He says that it was a power to dominate all life and control the minds of all men, and that it can be hers for this low, low price. Um, <laughs> he promises he can teach it to her, but she asks why he didn't use it on Luke and the throne room in the first place. And he becomes frustrated and summons Dark Ray, and the two fight. They didn't fight before oh. in the previous vision. They fight now. Uh, meanwhile, Ben fights with his former soldiers, the Knights of Ren. And there's some dialogue exchanges there about weakness and such. Yeah, sweet. In the skies, Giving them characters again. Gross, yeah. gross <laughs> offense. Yeah. In the skies, the fight against the First Order intensifies as Resistance ships show up, and the First Order has dropped weird spider-looking things onto the planet's surface, which become anti-aircraft guns, but like mobile ones. Hmm. New ships. Cool. We need some new ships. One of the ships stopped by Endor and picked up those horse things, which Finn and Janna can now use to outmaneuver the spider tanks. Um, in a ground assault, they can emerge from the cracks and crags to fire on the tanks, including with Chewie's bowcaster, before diving back into cover. Mm. So they actually have a good purpose. Um, there's a moment of triumph as the spiritual leader reappears, leading a bunch of rebel ships who heard the bro- broadcast. That's a good moment. The fight with Dark Ray is evenly matched, but the Emperor insists that she must defeat her fear and discover the true power of the Force if she is to continue and save her friends. Ben has managed to dispatch two of the knights uh, with just his blaster, but the rogue one, the one who can go invisible, has inflicted a terrible wound. He's in trouble now. Mm. Ray looks as though she's about to resume the fight, but then does that thing where she passes the lightsaber to Ben, who's able to use it to take out the last of the knights. Uh, One of the knights with the staff manages to get it around his neck, trapping his lightsaber Mm. hand. Um, And another guy comes to sort of stab. um, Maybe the stealth guy comes in to do the sort of coup de grace. And Ben instinctively, without swapping lightsaber hands, reaches out in order to just sort of crush the guy's helmet. And it crushes and sort of kills him. But then as he's doing that, the leader guy with his big, you know, big sword comes in and cuts off his hand. Ah, okay. Yeah, so that. He cuts Mm. off his hand and then in the same motion sort of uh, goes to slam his blade into his uh, stomach. And we cut to a close-up communicating to us that that worked. And that, you know, he's in trouble now. And so he's got, Mm. you know, staff around his neck, a blade in his stomach. And he's trying to, and the leader's trying to taunt him or something, but Ben is trying to say something, and he mm. can't hear what he's saying. He's like, what? What? And eventually he sort of goes to move his blade to, like, kill him quicker, but then realizes that actually Ben managed to force hold the blade just before it reached his stomach, and it hasn't okay. hit him. And then just as he does, Ren is able to say, he is your enemy. And the leader looks up and says, huh? And he repeats, he is your enemy. And the guy holding him says, he is my enemy. And then Staff Guy fights with Leader, um, giving Ben the opportunity to grab his lightsaber and plunge it through both of them. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) That's cool. Dark Ray savages Ray, who tries to draw something out of her um, sort of pack, but it's cut from her hand and sucked away into the darkness before the audience can really see it. She is left panting on the floor. Ben slumps on his way to Ray, unable to walk any further, and the battle in the sky turns south. The new ships were not enough. Ray starts to repeat the line, be with me, as we push from her perspective past the battle into the stars. But there is still no response until we hear Luke simply say, reach out. Ray feels mm. that Ben is close, 
and comes to a realisation as to where she should be reaching. She hears Maz say that all they need is a leader. They, she repeats, realising who she meant. She repeats be with me, only more confidently now, and we pull away from the stars, back to the space battle, and across the ships, and we see First Order troops hear her saying this, be with me. We see them Mm. in various ships across different levels of command at different ranks and different positions, including TIE fighters and all the other ships. Finally, one of them closes their eyes and thinks, I am with you. And a nearby soldier somehow somehow hears her response, but a look around reveals that none of the other soldiers did. The same scene repeats throughout the First Order ships as hundreds of soldiers suddenly realise that they're not alone in despising the First Order and that they can hear who each other is. Finally, I don't know if the grammar of that was anywhere near correct. Finally, works for me. <laughs> we see Richard E. Grant's General Pride also say, I'm with you. That's right. Mm. He comes over. But what ensues is pure chaos. First Order troops yeah. turn on their masters. We see rushes to take bridges and sabotage attempts and TIE fighters coming to the rescue of X-Wings. And Finn observes a TIE bomber taking out a spider tank only to be taken out by a subsequent TIE interceptor. It's just pure nonsense. But Poe is thrilled until Rose asks. Rose, incidentally, I think in this battle has taken over one of the two fighting positions on the Millennium Falcon. You know, there's the two uh, cannon things. Mm. I think she spends the battle on one of those. Rose asks how they're supposed to know friend from foe now. And Poe thinks about this for a moment and then decides he can't risk the lives of people who might be with him in his cause. And so he gets on the radio and he tells anyone in the First Order who stands with Rey to evacuate the field. A few moments later, after it looks like nothing is really happening, half the First Order fleet just disappear into light speed. One group Hmm. listening to this decides that they don't want to leave yet. They're on board the Star Destroyer with that giant city-destroying cannon that's been trained on the, um, the temple. They storm the bridge and slowly begin to turn it towards Hux's ship. Hux, meanwhile, can't believe what's happening. As he screams orders, we focus on the soldier behind him, an unnamed general who is sweating profusely. I'm with you, he whispers, and pulls his blaster and shoots Hux as he turns. Hux sinks back into the br- as the bridge around him erupts in blaster fire. As he tries mm. to figure out what happened, the city-destroying cannon opens fire, destroying his ship and tearing through several other de- um, Star Destroyers on the way. The city-destroying cannon ship begins to overheat, and they refuse to initiate the cooldown protocol, uh, instead choosing to just fight off the troops until the cannon explodes, killing them and destroying the weapon. Mm. Rey rises to her fleet to her feet. The First Order is in tatters above her. The Knights of Ren are no more. Dark Rey scowls. Rey says that the, Sky- the Skywalkers won. The Emperor has no power beyond Rey- what Rey brought with her, and this is just a place where dead things gather and that they are just shadows, and defeating them is as easy as turning on a light. And she summons back the object from the darkness, which is revealed to be a new lightsaber made from that crystal and her staff. She ignites it, and it is pure, brilliant white, and she makes short work of Dark Ray. The Emperor, I think, might be too fanservice but I figure he tries to throw everything at her and summons the specters of Kylo Ren in his original costume and Darth Vader. But Ray is also yeah. able to sort of make quick work of them too. And as she kills them, they just sort of... cool disappear like mist that's been broken uh the emperor tries his lightning attack but it's all show he's got nothing ray stops it with her lightsaber and releasing her grip has it fly towards the emperor and the light just destroys him and the monument behind him falls apart with that the planet begins to crumble the ground force evacuate finn tries to head towards the temple but the the way begins to collapse and he decides to trust ray and just leave on the ship 
Ray finds Ben in the crumbling rubble and says that they have to go. He tries to refuse, believing that he has redeemed himself all that he can and must die now so that the universe can move past him, back towards the light. But she scolds him. He, belie- he still believes the past has to die rather than be learnt from. He's only just begun to redeem himself, and it would be easy for him to just die here. He has to do the hard thing. He has to carry on living with his shame and his guilt. He has to embrace it and use it and help her to fix the wounds that he has inflicted. She offers her hand to him, and this time he takes it. We cut to black. Over the darkness, we hear a broadcast. It's Rose, saying all First Order rebels report to Endor. We can protect you, don't stand alone. If you believe in Rey, come to Endor. On Endor, we see many Star Destroyers in the sky, some of them in great disrepair. Ships are shutting, uh, shuttling soldiers... Shuttling soldiers, fantastic. Mm. To the ground. General Pride leads an immense number of people across the landscape. They approach a resistance army that is led by Finn on horseback, naked as the day he was born. <laughs> he insists on it now. <laughs> it's the only thing Ever that feels right. Ever since that first ride. Yeah. <laughs> he managed to escape the planet and is atop the horse creature. By his side are Janna and the spiritual leader from earlier, but Finn is in front. He's the leader of this force. As the two men approach each other, Pride says... That he is General Pride of the First Order, and that he humbly offers his surrender, and he hands over his blaster. Finn accepts. As night falls, there is a celebration between the forces, which is interrupted by the arrival of the Millennium Falcon, which sees everyone on their feet cheering. Poe and Rose emerge first, followed by 3PO, followed by Rey. She turns, and a medical unit brings out Kylo Ren, who is met with a solemn silence by the crowd. He can't bring himself to look at any of them and he's led away to another ship and taken away. Aboard that ship, Ren is lying silently in convalescence. He talks about, um, so he looks down to see Leia um, is by the foot of his bed. And he wants, I want us to have vibes if we need to talk about Kevin. People have described Ren as being mm. like a school shooter because he killed everyone in yeah. Luke's school. So for all the hurt that the two have experienced, for all the pain that Ben has inflicted, they, between them, are going to try and find some manner of peace. I went back and forth on the idea of Luke and Han also being there, but I figure it's better if mm. it's actually just Ray, just Leia and Ben. I think so. I think so. Back on the planet, 3PO expresses that he didn't get a chance to meet Rey on the ship and introduces himself. Rose explains that they had to wipe his memory. 3PO says that apparently he used to be a great resistance hero. Rey asks (laughs) why he came to the battle, and he replies that he couldn't abandon his friends no matter what the danger. And she smiles and assures him that although our pasts are important, they don't define who we are and that he is still him. Uh, She leaves 3PO with this, and he seems very thoughtful until R2 comes up and beeps at him, and he replies, what did you call me, whoever you are? Nice. We get some reunions. Chewie is there. And uh-huh. because fuck everyone, Poe kisses Finn. This is Sweet. my episode nine. Janna and Rose both say I knew it. <laughs> hi <laughs> But then they kiss. Oh, fuck. No, they don't really. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> they don't really. But um, hi, my orgy. Lando shows up. <laughs> Just everyone yeah. fucks. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone fucks. And then that star wipe thing. Directed by Tinto Brass. So, <laughs> finally, you, I don't need to explain that he's a porn director. You just know from the fucking name that Tinto Brass. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what else would he fucking be? Finally. Fucking picture. Final scene. Fen and Ray meet each other. What I wanted to tell you before, I know. How long have you felt the force? I guess always, but on Crate, I knew exactly where to find you. Mm. Ray says, I will teach you the ways of the force. As a Jedi, he asks. Mm. The time of the Jedi is past, and of the Sith. We need a new order, something that embraces hope and fear, and finds a place for them both. 
I need you to help me forge this new way. She holds out Luke's, Luke's lightsaber, um, which he takes, and he kind of laughs, saying, People keep handing me weapons lately. And she says it's not just a weapon. You can also start fires. And she ignites her white lightsaber to the crowd's, like, amazement. And Finn lights his, and they hold them together. And as they touch, they kind of glow and crackle and illuminate the entire crowd in this sort of flickering white light. And we see all of our heroes looking on, awe-inspired. Finn and Rey can barely suppress a smile as we cut to a wide and see a scene that looks a little bit like the original poster for A New Hope. And with Rey now accepting her true power to spark hope all over the galaxy, she's also excited about the chance to start something new. A family and a way that can be entirely hers. Wipe cut! Written and directed by Paul Salt. Oh, I didn't start Audacity <laughs> at the beginning of that. <laughs> oh, fuck. Is that... That wasn't a joke. Was no, that no, a joke? no, that's fine. <laughs> oh, thank fuck. You piece of shit. <laughs> I hate you. That was the most I'm, you I'm... felt in that whole thing. <laughs> oh, I'm just... I'm, I'm changing my idea now. It's all going to be about you dying over and over again. <laughs> it's going to be that last bit of Doctor Strange. <laughs> oh, Christ. Um, I was never going to get out of this. I liked it. I was making notes. And uh, remembering that I had had to make... Uh, uh, witty quippies in, uh, throughout. <laughs> Um, I love Paul's witty quippies. <laughs> That's another witty quippy. Um, yeah, bu- building more tension in the beginning as well by actually, you know, using direct uh, directing and pacing and characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the new mask evol- evolving <laughs> the character slightly yeah, uh, fucking... without having to have a conversation about it. Without feeling like we're going backwards. Yeah, exactly. Because it is hard to come off the arcs of The Last Jedi because Brian Johnson made a fucking amazing film because and he finished f- everyone's stories. Yeah, he basically finished the movie. <laughs> yeah, and a, lo- a lot of... A lot less of making the dead actual characters again, just having them close by and making their presence felt, I think, is, a, yes. is really important and cheapens so much of The Rise of Skywalker. It was actually surprising for me when I got to the end of my treatment to find just how f- little of the original trilogy characters I had used. Yeah. You know, like 3PO is basically the only one who kept coming up. And, you yeah. know, that just felt natural. I had a couple of moments like this in, in mind, and I'll probably mm. point out where I was going to use Ridge Tridge characters and then okay. decided not to. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I think we've got a lot of similarities cool. in our themes, but mm. just executed in, in fairly different ways, I Ooh, think. Ooh, excellent. Well done, man. That was, um, mm. I think, just just comprehensive and kept the, the spirit of The uh, Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, I think. Oh, and... Thanks very much. It's the way yeah. It's the way my head cannon's working. We can yeah. all appreciate our own head and... cannon. <laughs> Just love that Star Wars feel. Yeah. Spe- <clears throat> Speaking of, Star Wars Episode Nine, The Final Order. Oh. Mm. The very last so one. So you've got, so you've got the, the Last Jedi, Final Order, you know, New Hope, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, also, you know, sounds pretty good. So this is taking aspects of Trevor Rose's Jewel of the Fates um, and also remembering that certain things should probably have been paid off or tied up from The yeah. Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. <laughs> um, I also gave myself the thankless task of operating under real restrictions, like the um, tragic death of Carrie Fisher. Oh right, okay. Uh, introduction of some characters in the Last Jedi <laughs> that ah oh, just feel like should have probably been included in this. Yeah, uh, you know that, and also roses in it. <laughs> um, yeah, a, a, a lot of this doesn't necessarily, in the, in the interest of time, it's not going to give every character the uh, the time they need, but that could be fleshed out in in the real film, which is coming out. <laughs> um, I have stolen from many trains. <laughs> it's actually <clears throat> not as profitable to do train robberies as it used to be in the old west. No, not if you're doing London Midland. That guy's the the conductor's money pouch is it's mostly euros, and now it, you can't you just can't use those in London. Yeah, and also trying to board the trains via horseback is just not practical anymore. 
Too many tunnels. <laughs> Although it is easy so, because none of the fuckers move. <laughs> just stand there and put your hand through the window with a knife. <laughs> Text crawl. Yes. Kylo Ren's first order doubles down on conquering of the galaxy, annihilating any trace of the rebels they can find. Mm. Meanwhile, the rebels have heard through a spy that a Jedi monument is located on the mountainous planet Kajimi, eh? uh, with a first order fortress built around it, where they're working around the clock to understand its importance. They have on good information that this will be the beacon that triggers the spark that lights the flame that will bring the first order down. Cruel finishes. Camera pans into space, then down to the planet of Pasana, you know, Burning Man. Um, as the camera reaches the ground and starts to pan across, we firstly see an empty desert planet before hearing the joyous shouts and cries of a crowd grow louder. At its loudest point, the camera crests a peak and we see the revelry of the festival de- depicted in Rise of Skywalker. Uh, we see beings of all ages taking part in the festival. The First Order invades. Shots are fired. Loudspeakers declare they're being punished for housing rebels on their planet. They've earned their punishment. They're alone and no one's coming to help them. Stormtroopers gun down innocents. Kylo and the Knights of Ren enter the rebel base, cutting down everyone in their path as they search out the last of the planet's rebels. They confront the leader of this decimated group. Lando Calrissian. I did initially go with Lando Calrissian. I thought, yeah, okay. I thought it could could have been a good one as a nostalgia thing and a little a little nod to the, you know, to the original Twitch. Depends if he's about um, to be violently murdered. Yes, pretty ah. much. Uh, well, it was going to be... Introducing him and then killing him off straight away. However, an alternative was Amanda Lawrence, who plays Commander Daisy, ah. who um is uh, was Leia's second in command. Yes, um, I like that. Yes, I think I think that's much better. It's using the characters from from the sequel trilogy. Yeah, where's the girl? Says Ren. We'll never give up the girl, not while we have hope. Your only hope is surrender. The rebels are finished. Where is the girl? Repeats Ren. If there's no hope, hope then there's love. Says Daisy. I'll never give up the girl. Love can be bought, says Benicio del Toro's character as he enters with a swagger. He's not wearing a First Order uniform. It's clear that he's double-crossed more rebels. Mm. Ren commands to Benicio del Toro to execute Daisy, but as Ren turns to leave, he gets a sense of something and stops. Beads of sweat run down Daisy's forehead. With a quick snap of the force, Daisy's thrust into the air and revealed to be wearing explosives. This is what the rebels have been driven to as they're pushed to the edges of the galaxy. Your love is blind, says Ren. The explosion, the explosion coming from Daisy races towards Ren and his group, and it cuts to Ray before we learn of their fate. Ray is meditating, searching for something or someone. In voiceover, we have the sound of dark visions. Her eyes snap open at the sound of something shattering. A dent has appeared in, in BB-8, and the room looks in general disarray. Uh, BB-8 is beeping in an alarmed fashion. He's come oh. to deliver a message. So we have the same same bit of argument with uh, with Poe and Ray. Um, I want to build on what I took to be the beginning of romantic interest at the end of The Last Jedi when they introduce each other. There was a bit of a, a coy teens ah. in love type thing going on, I thought. Um, I just wished. <laughs> at the very same time, we've got Poe and Finn playing Chewie at chess. So really like that scene. Um, only oh. Rose is there commenting on Finn and Poe's playing style. Foolhardy, oh, sacrificing that. important pieces, guns blazing. They're on the rebel base on the jungle moon of Agent Kloss, which is where the rebels are, awaiting the spy's word concerning the supposed beacon. They see Leia arguing with Rey, which is what she was summoned for. Rey looks upset. Leia tries to leave, but Rey won't let her until Leia takes Rey by the shoulders, says something, and Rey relents. They embrace for a long time before Rey leaves. What's she doing, says Finn. Trying to keep us out of it, says Poe. And and Finn, Poe, Rose, and Chewie, and BB-8 race after her. Rey can't tell them where she's going. No, they can't come. They have to focus on the beacon. An argument ensues between Poe and Rey. BB-8 is mentioned. Poe comes closer and tries to take Ray by the shoulders, and Ray force pushes him away with, well, force pushes him away, slamming him into a stationary fighter or a pillar or something near. Poe, whose pride is wounded more than his body, stands back. Ray leaves. 
Leia disappears. There's panic and dismay as the rebels learn General Morgana's gone, Rey has disappeared, and Daisy was betrayed by a spy on the other side. Ren's methods are becoming uglier, more destructive. Finn reminds the group that no one dead is ever truly gone, and that Rey is protecting them so that they can do their job. Rose is next to them this whole time, and they are, they're allowed a fleeting touch before the scene ends. On board a First Order ship, Ren is overlooking a construction of incredible proportions. Hux cr- confronts Ren over his extreme tactics, that he's letting his hate guide him. Where is the Order of the First Order? Ren doesn't attack Hux, but holds up a hand, and the room starts to creak around them. First Order generals try to flee, but they're, they're frozen in place as Ren raises his, his other hand. He's just manipulating the entire room at this stage. Ren says, why would a Sith avoid hatred when it's the very blood that runs through his veins? Hux replies that even the most hateful men must maintain the capacity to change. Kylo Ren comes toe-to-toe with Hux and promises there will be change. The First Order will be the final order. The First Order will be the final order, parrots Hux before leaving. This is interrupted with Ren hearing voices. Was that Leia? Is it Luke? He shakes it off, leaving a room full of disconcerted generals. We cut to Rey seemingly distracted by the same. She's alone on a ship, piloting her way through space. We see the distance to location on her terminal. It will be some time, so she returns to her meditations. C-3PO receives transmission from the unnamed, unknown spy directing them to Kajimi. Poe, Finn, Chewie, Rose and the droids head there, finding an icy mountainous planet. They see the First Order stronghold looming in the distance. We do meet Zori Bliss, mm. but I want to make her a dude. Ooh. Now, this is, this is we have Rose back. Uh-huh. So the gender parity is uh, still kind of okay. And I want Zori Bliss to still be a romantic interest for Poe. Okay. And I want Poe to I want Poe to be bisexual. Okay. So Bliss still, you know, he's a lithe, confident guy. You know, I'm thinking like a more relevant Ty Diggs. Um, <laughs> and they had a romantic past. Bliss convinces them they need his help. Poe is loath to see him again. But Bliss finds it hilarious that Poe's with the rebels now and makes yeah. a sort of bisexuality joke about switching sides. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, one for the dads yeah Poe says he just goes with what feels right <laughs> analysing the data they realise C-3PO needs to be hacked in order to bring down the stronghold's defences C-3PO's memory will be wi- wiped as a result but he actually has a proper send off not spoiled by a comedic moment no one being nasty to him he's, yeah. he's reset BB-8 is confused and beeps quietly around this empty vessel of C-3PO Poe apologises to BB-8 and to 3PO Bliss asks what the big deal is it's just a droid emphasising just how far Poe has come from his old days as a spice runner stuff mm, chewy meanwhile has been getting progressively sadder more melancholic throughout he's losing his friends one by one his past is leaving him but they have a way into this stronghold and this is what matters now they have to wait for the next data communication to trigger the virus and slip in and they'll need a storm or something like that for cover funny you should mention that says bliss he he calls in stormtroopers to the room and our heroes raise their hands but the troopers aren't raising their weapons they remove their helmets and are suddenly presented with ex-stormtrooper rebels uh... ray approaches Yes, cut to Ray approaching a planet, uh, appro- approaching a forest moon of Endor. Oh, um, that particular yeah, forest moon. Yeah, fuck, fuck everyone. <laughs> she uses the force to guide her down and land in what she feels is the right place, a humid sort of forest area. Is this Leia? The audience wonders. Moist, humid, her clothes and hair plastered to her skin. Suddenly she's confronted with dark visions, very similar to the the mirror in uh, The Last Jedi. Ah. Uh, Tracking through this forest, Rey and Ren are joined in visions. Ren experiences Luke's guilt over him through Rey, and Rey feels his burning burning hatred in response. I once held out a hand to a girl who had no body, says Ren. It tore me apart. Had no body? I have everyone everyone else, says Rey. Um... Oh, it's annoying, isn't it? When uh, when the other person interrupts you. 
No, oh, I get actually. it. It's awful. <laughs> well, I apologise. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but it's great. Please, please keep doing it. <laughs> I have everyone else, says Ray. Ren sneering. Then where are they? Ray has visions of cutting down Han, Luke, Leia until countless dead Leia her feet. The vision ends. She's played by voices of enemies and friends. Maz Kanada comes into view through the forest, followed by a group of Ewoks. Huh. They load her onto their cart. Okay, cut to uh, a very modest, humble abode in which Maz is living. You found me, says Maz. How? Leia told me to listen. So you don't know, says Maz. Did I ever tell you about how I came by Luke's lightsaber? Ray shakes her head. Well, I can't. I don't know that either. Smuggler smuggle, thieves thieve, and fate happens. There's no such thing as fate, says Ray. Not in the moment, but after all said and done, doesn't it feel like it couldn't have happened any other way? Doesn't it often feel like we're trapped by our own decisions, walking down a path we know we shouldn't tread? Was Luke the great hero everybody talked about? He was, says Ray. Well, if you think so, then he knew it too. But there's something else you know, isn't there? Ray's confused momentarily, but soon understands as if reading between the lines of reality. I'm not here for you. And, Mas- and this is when Maz Kanata reveals the Jedi boy from The Last Jedi being kept safe here, oh. doing Jedi things. He did Jedi stuff. Um, doing Jedi things, like a br- like sweeping up. <laughs> Just brooms. He can only control brooms. <laughs> <laughs> but he's the best. Yeah. This is where Ryan Johnson led us. All right. Um, <clears throat> Ren... Okay, cut to First Order. Ren brings in Hux, questions him, questions him about their efforts and blames the failures to locate the girl on him. The Knights of Ren execute Hux's most loyal generals in front of him, then mm. orders him to find and crush the rebel bases himself to personally take responsibility. The mantra of the First Order will be the final order is repeated and Hux is looking increasingly sickly about all of this. Mm. Our heroes trek to, this, to the stronghold where this beacon is supposedly. Finn and the stormtroopers talk. They're asking stories of facing off against Ren of FN2187 inspiring whole legions of stormtroopers across the galaxy to rebel. But we never heard of any others, says Finn. That's how the First Order works. They make you believe you're alone, but you're not. None of us are. Finn says he never felt alone. Not exactly, but he was just in the dark. Cut back to Ray and Maz and the child. Ray's playing with a child, manipulating items to replicate uh, you know, various scenes between people, uh, turning his drink into a swirling tableau that takes on pretty colours and mm. vaguely resem- resembling people, but we can't be sure. There are more like you, Ray, says Maz. You must have known. He says he stole a vessel and flew in the direction of the closest carrier heading this direction, but none of that explains why. I found him in the forest, just like I found you. The, the forest are strange things to you, says Ray. It's like a mirror full of false paths. Uh, Maz replies that it's just an illusion of these things. I've seen other places like it, says Ray. Places that show me things I've never done but could do to the people I love. The boy needs a world in which light is not light and dark isn't dark, says Maz. Of might do's, of might not's. He, ne- he needs to be protected from the Sith, says Ray, against darkness. And what good has that done you, says Maz? He needs to know he can stray from any path he chooses. But that leads straight to the dark, says Ray. Every path leads to the dark in one direction. I can't let him make the same mistakes I've made, says Ray. You must. I can't live like this, says Ray, finally breaking. Like I could tear any second. Then be torn, says Maz. Let yourself tear. After a beat, Ray's expression hardens. Maz, she and the boy have to leave now. Just then, the sounds of the First Order war machine are approaching. From space, they can see the hundreds of ships evacuating. There's relief. But then we cut to Hux, his face unmoving, as one of his commanders says, General? And Hux, expression blank, says, Charge and fire. Piloted capsules appear out of the carrier and charge at light speed towards the escapees, tearing ships apart. Destruction of one takes out scores more as they resonate along the file. Only Ray's piloting is good enough to get them out. The planet burns. Dead Ewoks. That's right. Oh no. Ray's. Yeah, fuck everyone. 
Um, <laughs> I'm just doing what Ryan Johnson set up. <laughs> but Ray feels Ren close by. She leaves Maz and the boy taking a pod out to where Ren is waiting. We see a planet that could be a ship in the middle of construction, but amorphous, an abomination of engineering. A planet that's been spliced with machine. Ray, furious, blind with rage, obliterates a whole battalion of stormtroopers by slamming her pod into them. She pursues Ren until she's cut down all but one stormtrooper in her path. Ren brings this stormtrooper in front of her, removes the helmet, revealing a girl no older than Ray, and orders her to fire to kill the Jedi. The girl's terrified as Ray tries to placate her, but she raises a gun. Ray strikes her down, and Ren is triumphant. And then he sets the knights on her. Back with the rebels, they snuck in. Bliss is working on the hacking. Finn and Rose share excitement at the stormtroopers' rebelling. Poe and Bliss discuss Poe's transformation and Ray. So the great Lothario and daring spice runner Poe Dameron has finally met his match. The mainframe is hacked. The door opens and Poe is shot in the shoulder, getting blown back. And there's Benicio Del Toro, the spy all along. Oh no. Oh. Ray fights off, yeah, back with Ray and uh, the Knights of Ren. Ray fights off one knight as another knocks her down. She sweeps the legs of the third as the second kicks her in the stomach. She rolls away as the fourth hacks at the ground in front of her again and again and again. She cuts down the second before another slices her gut. Two knights end up impaling her and she lets out every last ounce of rage in her. It reverberates down the weapons of the two knights, shattering the weapons and boiling them alive. Ray hears something. Ray hears it too. They both throw out their hands. Whether it's the superiority of Ray's force power or her anger, the walls burst around them, revealing, surprisingly, a First Order battalion led by Hux, who se- who's seemingly walking up to Ray, wounded and bleeding on the floor, and walks right past her and raises a blaster at Ren. Hundreds of First Order troops do the same. Ren responds by paralysing Hux and bringing the roof down. Back to the rebels. The beacon has been destroyed, says Benicio del Toro. I led you here to die. This is when Chewie snaps. He breaks the bodies of the stormtroopers holding him. You know, they have the nooses around him and everything. But his, his, his insurmountable rage is, is overtaking this whole scene. Poe takes the chance to lunge at Benicio Del Toro. Shots are fired on both sides as Poe gets BDT's gun. BDT initiates the self-destruct before getting tossed down something. You know what they do in Star Wars. Stormtroopers are blocking the way out. Finn and Rose duck behind cover. Bliss and Poe are sh- shouting across the room. We've got we've to go. Live to fight another day. We've, we've lost this one. Finn looks at Rose and says, protect the ones you love. He stands and then ducks again as a shot slams into the wall by his head. The shot came from Chewie, who goes before turning and blasting a few stormtroopers out of the exit and then heading towards the beacon. Chewie, no, what what are you doing? Shouts Finn. Chewie turns and even though we can't understand what he's saying, it's probably protecting the people I love. He gets to work. He's shot once in the back, twice, and then the rebels clear out the remaining stormtroopers and then they run. There's a surge of energy as Chewie repairs the beacon, beeping, counting down to destruction, cuts to our heroes fleeing. Chewie attaches one last wire with a sort of... (laughs) It cuts to the silent night sky for a beat, and then an explosion roars up into space. Cut to Ren, who feels the death of Chewie. He's escaped with the remaining knights and Hux. He's penetrating Hux's mind to find the whereabouts of the rebel base. The rebel base and the moon it was on is obliterated. There's mourning of Chewie, the rebels have lost hope, but Finn senses Ray floating through space in, a, in her pod somewhere off this bionic planet. Ray wakes, next scene, or whatever, in a tiny ship filled with people, but no Chewie. The rebel base is destroyed, there are no known survivors. The guilt and the weight of death drags Ray down. They argue, the group wants to take it to Ren, one last fight for vengeance for everything he's done, but Ray snaps, why? One more fight, what about the fight after that? Who else is going to die for me? It's not for you, screams Poe. It's for me, for Finn, for Rose, for Chu. He falters. Ray says, I could kill everyone on this ship with the flick of the wrist. I, I wouldn't even mean to do it. Maybe the past should be buried along with everyone I've killed. What are you doing? She says. Poe's taking a step towards her. 
I'm coming for you. And if you blast me into, into the wall this time, then that's the end of all of us. So I guess I'm trusting you. Don't do it, she warns. Tears in her eyes, her hands outstretched. A flash. Is that Leia? There's a moment's hesitation and Poe takes it, moving in for the hug. The close contact, the touch of a friend. It erupts in Ray, tears all around. Poe's eyes are closed as he buries his face in Ray's neck and then drinks her blood because he's a vampire. Oh, it's it. a Star Wars twist. <laughs> it's a um, Star Wars twist, says George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> Just do what Ryan Johnson set up. So the final order has fortified the disfigured moon base and is launching repeated shots from this uh, this new cannon that destroys one planet after another, systematically wiping out civilization in the hope of killing Rey and eliminating the last of the rebels. Our heroes are holed up on an unknown planet. They can see planets just erupting in the sky. Rey's meditating, searching for something. Poe watching her from a distance, for the first time lost for words. The rebels are searching for proof that their rallying cry, the beacon, got out for even a beat, but there's nothing. And then we have two scenes intercut. We have Rey meditating, Leia's voiceover, uh, you know, flashing in uh, its, its audio. We don't ha- actually see Leia. This is one of the restrictions that I've imposed on this. Mm. We, we get flashes of the times Ren and Rey have been together, the, the way he looks at her. What, is, you know, what does he want from her? And then we have, at the same time, the discussion with Rey and the rebel heroes about how Kylo Ren's pull to the light now just seems to be Rey herself. The reminder of the hope she presents that someone can be so incorruptible. He's utterly dependent on her corruptibility. He's been pushing her this whole time. What, so you're going to be that Paul, says Poe? You're going to bring him back? Is that it? After everything? Back to Ray meditating. A series of images, everyone meaningful in the last three movies. The regret, the love, the loss, the pain, anger, sadness, discovery, the light, the dark, Han, Chewie, Luke, and Leia. Poe and Ray have a quiet moment together and you th- they, they almost kiss, but they don't. But there's something, there's a closeness there that wasn't there before it's strange and confusing to her and then there's a vision of the boy back to meditating the young jedi in waiting he'll be tempted by the darkness says ray should he feel shame says leia or love more visions a tear runs down ray's cheek leia has been joining her and ren this whole time you know what you must do says leia but i don't know if i have the strength to do it says ray i do like that line i think it's i think it's a good line yeah it must be now the next time i join you you'll know exactly where he is and hear you more visions of the boy, of friends, of Poe. Show me, says Ray. And she does. Ray's eyes snap open. The room is undamaged. She runs to the others. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm thinking Aragorn running to King Theoden once the beacons have been lit. You know, that kind of music. That exact music. And yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's fucking great. Everyone comes. And uh, we cut to Ren, who's still searching Hux's mind. Hux is broken at this stage. At this flash of knowing where Ray is, his hand recoils. He strides to the command room, and the music takes on a more of a minor key in this stage. General, fire on these coordinates. Ray bursts into the room. We have to go, now. We have a high-speed escape and chase scene. Planet-destroying shots are fired. The new cannon has the ability to just fire on repeat. The ship with Ray and the hero swerves out of the way as their base is destroyed. General, fire on these coordinates. The ship avoids it again. This happens a few times before Ren orders them to fire at will as he relays new coordinates constantly. And then they release the, the light speed fighters. What I'm hoping for is a white knuckle scene of light speed kamikaze fighters. You know, they, they see the idea is Laura Dern did this in The Last Jedi and they've taken it, weaponized it and turned it back on the rebels. Because the, the first order or the final order is going to have people who are willing to die just to 
you know, willing to die for this cause for the supreme leader, Kylo Ren. This is when our heroes uh, light speed skip past them. And they do this a, f- a few times until Rey is forced to force handle the ship safely through the barrage. And then suddenly they're in the vicinity of the planet of this amorphous planet base. And they find a full scale mutiny in progress. Ren has been ignoring this to his detriment. The final order is pushed to exhaustion. Only the knights and Ren really show any signs of withstanding these attacks. There is no sense to this battle. People in identical uniforms are slaying each other, cutting each other down. And when Ren spots their ship, he brings it crashing down through a gigantic hangar. Ray, locked in struggle, manages to slow it enough for the crash to be non-fatal. Everybody's pretty beaten up and shaken as Ren cuts his way through to Ray. The heroes are slammed out of the way by Ren, flung into the fray that rages around them. Again, Ray protects them, breaking their fall with force. The force of their contest begins tearing the ship and the hangar that they're in apart. You know, rivets are coming loose. If they use rivets in Star Wars, they probably do. <laughs> Go, says Ray to her friends. Go now. And the Knights of Ren pursue the heroes. They cut down more people as they're running. You know, Finn, Poe, Rose, they're all running around. And they've got that, you know, that dynamic shot in The Rise of Skywalker where the camera is facing them and reversing as they're mm. running through shooting. Yeah. It's that kind of thing. I really love that scene. They use that in the trailer. I, yeah. th- I think it was fantastic. <laughs> that kind of that kind of thing. The battle is going on all around them. Just is chaos. So you came here with friends and end up alone again, says Ren amused. And you think you can turn me still? They fight for ages. It's amazing. Uh, Ren bests Ray after a few mm. after a few attempts. Where there is light, there is always dark. He says, holding out his hand. It will never stop calling to you. And Ray looks at his hand, seemingly defeated. You've seen what I can do. What you could also do. It's time to it's time to embrace the dark, bury the past. Blah. Ray thinks hard, and they fight again. The knights chase the rebels down with ease, trapping them in a dead end corridor. And as they close in, sound and light. You know, I, I really wanted to go for the Final Order um, adopting Blitzkrieg tactics as they're attacking the the um, civilians in Pasana. Mm. It's very much light and noise, and they're doing this in this corridor. Sparks are flying, and the, the heroes are terrified, seemingly powerless. And uh, we, we then cut to Ren, who once again knocks Ray down and holds out his hand, and then back to the heroes being hemmed in. To Ren's surprise, Ray just takes his hand. But then there's a quick look, and Ren's triumphant expression turns. No, screams Ren as he pulls her in and draws his lightsaber. Something flashes across Ren's mind and Ray, as Ray lunges into him. Now, says Poe. Ray wraps her arms around Ben. Heroes ignite the bomb packs that have been set around the corridor, breaking a hole in the roof. And as everyone is bl- shot into space, only the rebels are caught by a passing ship. This is being, as a ship pulls away, the pilot is revealed to be that guy from Heroes that's in the other two movies. I really should have learned his name. <laughs> and also, the, you know, the, the younger um, uh, the younger commander to Commander Daisy. Um I can never remember her name Also, But, yeah. you know, gender parity there. I don't remember either of them. <laughs> um, Can't make me. I just don't ever remember their names being mentioned. It was just, yeah. you know, they're, just, they're, they're base people and they were pretty regular there. They're basic. The, the Knights of Ren are just fucking blasted into space at this stage. <laughs> this is followed that... Sorry? You say blasted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just blasted into oblivion. <laughs> hey, no, no, no. no um, I did say blasted, but blasted is better. And they are blasted into space. Their ship, the rebel ship, is followed by a smaller fleet than the one we get in the Rise of Skywalker ending. Yeah. Because it's a bit too cheesy for me, but it's still substantial for what they must do. Take out the guns and rescue our heroes. But it all feels like this has happened before and it's going to happen again. So forgive the heroes if their faces are not exactly wearing expressions of triumph. Mm. Cut to Ren and Ray. Close-ups of their faces, their, their breath visible in the cold air. They're close at this stage, their heads sort of right next to each other, looking in opposite directions. 
the humming of lightsabers each of them as it pans back re- revealing that each of them are force blocking the other's lightsaber from entering their chests the the, the lightsabers are open just a, an inch or two ray and ren struggle as the hangar tears down around them then ren is greeted by leia's voice and at once realizes that um realizes everything that's just come to pass that finn and co had made plans without telling ray he feels the loss of the knights he knows they're gone and he knows that the, some rebels survived and that they're nearby and that and that Hux had been playing him all along. And as an, as an aside, you know, this explains what looked like distress when he was destroying the planets in the First Order. I seem to remember watching that and a tear rolling down his cheek. And Nell in- individually remembered that and really? cannot find it in the DVD. How bizarre. Yeah. No, I don't remember that at all. He just, yeah. he was wearing his mask at that stage. Oh, sorry, Hux. Oh, Hux. Yeah. yeah. When he's destroyed, you know, after he gives that speech and, yeah, yeah. Um, and then destroys those planets. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's, that's what I think would be great. Um, <laughs> Um, most of all he's faced with the realisation Ren that he annihilated his mother who'd been alive on the planet when he ordered its destruction she'd been meditating deep underground tugging at his will all this time knowing this day would come that she would have to sacrifice herself to to undo the damage that, that Ren has, has wrought on the world and Ray blocked her mind so that even Ren would believe she was coming to save him or was thinking of turning Ren's lips move in the real world but the voice is to Leia I hate you all I know Ben that's why I'm here and why she's here. And what about after? Will you be here then? When she's gone? When everyone has betrayed me again? Always, says Leia. Cuts to Ren impaled on Ray's lightsaber. He's already dead. Just sort of slumped over her. Finn senses this. He tells the ship to go around and pick her up. But Ray is so distraught that she brings the building down before the ship can reach her. Cut to outside. Battle raging. No, no order. Pure chaos. Dead everywhere. Cut to black. Uh, the heroes are visiting Poe who's recovering from that gunshot from Kajimi. Um, the final order ends with a. Uh, they probably also some of them have picked up other injuries, and I wanted to make I want to make Rose more useful in all of that last sequence. Yeah. But you know, it's hard to fix a film. It's hard to do a whole <laughs> film because I just did most of this off off the top of my dome. I didn't even really play on Rise of Skywalker. Just made, whatever, Poindexter's. <laughs> um, I'll I'll do the Rose stuff later. Hmm. Um, the final order ends with the deaths of Ren and the Knights, but the first order remains and rebuilds. There are warring factions. But they're still there. No one knows what happened to Ray. She's out there somewhere. Finn, buddy, can't you feel her? With your... He wriggles... Poe wriggles his fingers. You know? He stares into the distance, then shakes his head. Not anymore. Well, says Poe, let's keep looking. Pans outside to reveal this tiny ship alone in the infinity of space. Fade out to black. Fade in. Endor. Forest moon of Endor. A civilization rebuilding. Not just Ewoks there, but humans and a whole host of other species. The camera pans through kitchens, gardens, factories, labs, yeah. a command center. We follow a runner who brings a report to Mass Canada. We hope it's going to be something big, but no, just another document to sign. All very docile, boring, bureaucratic stuff. We see Maz entering her chambers, and she smiles as the camera pans around to reveal the Force Boy. He's laughing and playing, but the camera continues to pan to reveal that no one else is there with him. The boy smiles, various items animated around him, taking on a vaguely human form and acting out a scene that makes the boy laugh. Before long, the liquid in his drink is animated again in a way that's clear it's not of his doing, taking the form of a warrior spinning as if dancing before cutting through the rest of the water that, just for a second, catches the light, takes on a red, then a green hue, and then gold. ba 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 End. Good stuff. End. End of the film. <laughs> Deal with Give that. Give us your money. Yeah. <laughs> Give us more money. So a bit uh, a darker ending. I, yeah. I liked the idea of Trevor's script that Ren at this stage couldn't be redeemed mm. um, because the heights of his tyranny at the end of The Last Jedi I thought was just such a great thing to play on yeah. because 
you know, I think similarly, we, we went through the, you know, a way more complex version of it was love all along. But it's, you, you know, strict rules and putting restrictions on people and saying it has to be Jedi or Sith or yes. or, or, or this or that is only going to lead to more, yeah. to more and I think fractured souls. It, it plays on Lucas's, you know, I, I really feel like the point of the prequel trilogy was that the Jedi failed and that they were a bad idea. That, you know, they were too mm. extreme the other way. And I think... Yeah, by having movies, have both of us pitching movies where ultimately our heroes realize that they need to come up with something else, yeah. you know, is a good thing. And it's, mm. yeah, a healthier thing for the galaxy. I think so. Yeah, that's good stuff. It was really interesting. I think... Yeah, uh, it's fun. I can I can definitely see how Kylo Ren could be redeemed, but uh, mm. yeah, pushing it in the in that direction, for, for like going off The Last Jedi for me meant pushing those things to the extreme and seeing the natural result of that yeah i think i came in wanting ren to be redeemed first of all because darth vader kind of did the whole dying immediately after getting redeemed thing Mm. um and i just i I like the idea that keeping him alive and redeemed in some way was the harder thing to do and just yeah the the idea that it would be more difficult to have that and a more difficult lesson for people this Mm. idea that even after everything and we'd still have him going hard. It was interesting how dark yours was in places. It was good. Mm. It was interesting. It had me, yeah. yeah, all the wreckages and stuff. I was often thinking of like Akira and such aesthetically. There's still hope because she's in contact with this boy. Yeah. And the words of Maz Kanada and Leia have all sort of have sunk in. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. And I, well, yeah, it was fun to see our differing approaches. Me sort of hewing somewhat closely to the structure because I do find I enjoy having a structure. And I think if we mm. get around to doing more of these and we do uh, Game of Thrones too. I will continue to sort of stick close to the structure of the thing, but try to add more stuff or change things and take stuff out in order to make it feel more natural or organic. Mm. Um, but it'll be interesting to have you sort of coming in with whole new plots and, um, you know, different... Yeah, well, I think this will really depend on what we're doing as well, because yeah. I think for Game of Thrones, I did like the first half of, or the first few episodes of season eight. So I yeah. think I'd be building on that a lot more closely than I did with this one. Yeah. I, I, I mean... I was thoroughly dissatisfied with most of the Rise of Skywalker. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like, and, and you know, being inspired by Trevorrow, mm. you know, who had something really different in yeah. mind. Yeah, I, I realized that I had to knock it all down and start yeah, again. I, I like the fact that you That's... got across the idea of Ren being a slightly more desperate f- uh, figure. I'm not sure that's yeah. something, because for me, I, I tried to do that with the, the sort of raid on the space station at the beginning, but could mm. probably make it clearer in places. Just, and to be honest, what would be great if we're cannibalizing things is have Kylo Ren do the sort of Darth Vader end of Rogue One thing in pursuit of that data disc. Yeah. Just have him yeah. like, carving his way through various rebel people and just effortlessly deflecting lasers Yeah, on his way towards, you know, the final soldier who just about manages to deliver it to the Millennium yeah. Falcon before he himself falls. Suddenly, I don't know about you, but when I was writing this, it just, it just felt like Star Wars again. And it was really yeah. nice just to be in my own bubble for that. Yeah. It's really um, nice, and it's nice to have a satisfying ending, you know, yeah. in mind. Yeah. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's nice when something challenges you and you dislike it, and so you think, well, hang on, what would I do differently? And it can help you to assess what it is you actually liked about it yeah. in the first place, as well as, um, yeah, making you re- re-evaluate where you would want it to go. Yeah. And actually plot the thing out. It was great. And, with, I mean, with that in mind... I think we'll be doing more of these. Yeah, I think so. We'll have to just look out for more movies that had disappointing conclusions. I think that's a question for another episode. Ooh. Find out next. Yeah. Bye. Uh, bye. <laughs>